Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I'm so glad you're here and as you're seated, just want to welcome you to church today. Again, if I didn't introduce myself to you earlier, my name is Dustin. I get the opportunity just to lead here at Purpose Church alongside my wife and our family. And man, we're just so thankful for you. Really glad that you could be anywhere else. And it is fall break. Come on, somebody. Uh, It is fall break, but you're up at church, all right? And I am so proud of you for being here. So thankful that you are here. And uh, we're in this series called Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. Somebody say Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. Love it. So we just kicked this series off last week. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. I want to just kind of lay a, a little bit of groundwork uh, before we get there on a few things that we got coming up as a church. Obviously, we told you a little bit more about next, which is next Sunday. But I just want to kind of just uh, just kind of share with you where we're even going after this series. We do a series just about every year uh, called Legacy. Everybody shout Legacy. And I want us to understand that you and I are leaving a legacy whether we know it or not, right? And we want to be a church. We want to be a people that say, you know what, we're going to leave a legacy that's lasting, that's built on that firm foundation that is Jesus. And uh, so we're going to start a series I'm fired all the way up about. Uh, and this legacy, and uh, the, the kind of this subtitle of it, is Eyes on Eternity. And so as we're talking, even over these next couple of weeks of soldier, athlete, and farmer, like it's kind of gearing us into this idea of keeping our eyes on eternity. We're going to talk a lot about heaven. We're going to talk about eternity. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff together. But even more so, I want to just challenge all of us in the room that I believe that right now you and I are leaving a legacy whether we knew it or not and I want to challenge us whatever stage we might find our life in I'm going to encourage you that God wants to use you where you are and use the gifts that he's given you to make an impact and a difference for him and so the legacy series we just rally around that and then at the end of our legacy series we do this every year was the reason why we were able to step into this facility and renovate it because the generosity of so many people over the past few years uh, especially with our legacy offering which is just one off we take one offering up a year other than just our normal tithes and offerings like we take one of them up it's at the end of the year and I always tell you about it I always give you plenty of time just to think about it and pray about it and ask God what he and how he would have you participate in that I'm not going to give you a number I'm not going to give you I just hey what is it above and beyond our tithes and offerings do we need to bring that's what I'm asking God do the McLean family need to bring to the table when it comes to giving at this legacy offering it's November the 20th there's going to be like zero pressure like I want you to know that it's just going to advance the vision and the mission of our church quicker and I always say it like this and I heard Pastor Chris Hodges say it like this before like like uh, uh, the pace of our vision will be reached at the pace of our generosity and I just want to encourage you let's be a generous church that we are known for generosity that generosity is our privilege you're going to see all in the community some things that we're going to be doing over the next couple months too of how your generosity is continuing to make a difference. So I just want to at least give you an idea. November 20th, that's seven weeks from now, just be asking God, okay, God, how do you want me and my family to participate in that? That's coming up for sure. But I'm excited about this idea of what we're talking through today of, uh, okay, so we're in soldier, athlete, farmer. And the way that you read it in the Bible, it goes that way, soldier, athlete, farmer. But we felt in our spirit just a shift to like say, okay, we're going to switch athlete and farmer. So we're going to be soldier, farmer, athlete. Come on, somebody, right? 
That's going to be what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the farmer, uh, and I want to read to us where this whole idea of soldier, athlete, farmer comes from. It's from the book of the Bible known as 2 Timothy, and it's this guy named Paul that is writing to, second, or writing to Timothy, a spiritual son in the faith, and he's writing him the last words that he would ever pen on paper. So how many of y'all know we better take a, some good uh, notes together if it's the last words that somebody's saying, we better pay attention to it. Come on, everybody agree with that? It's pretty important. About six of us. I say it's pretty important, ain't it? Yeah, okay, it's pretty important for us to kind of just lean into. And, and, and okay, okay, these are some really famous last words. What do we need to, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to, what, what is he saying? And I think we find out what he's saying right here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you're ready for God's word, say I'm ready. I like it. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse number 1. It says this. This is God's word. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, you've heard that. Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. That sounds a lot like evangelism, don't it, right? Hey, you've heard about the good news. You know about Jesus. Now let's go out there and tell somebody else. Come on, somebody, right? That's our job. That's our mandate. That's what we're called to do. Okay, cool. He's telling Timothy that. And he's watch this. He says, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Somebody say soldier. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. We talked about the soldier last week, so if you missed it, go back and listen on the podcast or listen on or watch on, on YouTube, whatever. Talked about a soldier last week, and watch this as an athlete. Somebody say athletes. Athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Come back next week, we'll talk about the athlete, but this week, watch. And a hard-working farmer. Somebody say farmer. Farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Think about what I'm saying, and the Lord will help you understand all of these things. See, what I want us to know is that Paul is writing this letter, this letter to Timothy, a spiritual son of his, and he's trying to encourage him with three, th three images, I think, that are right there that we are going to be looking at and have looked at starting last week. A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And again, I want us to know, and maybe you don't find yourself in the seat of any of those particular people, but what I do know, and what's so cool is that across thousands of years, and across culture lines, uh, and across whatever your background may be, whatever country that you've been raised in, I think all of us understand like this idea of a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. Like it doesn't matter what your culture is, like everybody understands soldier, athlete, and farmer. I think that is so incredibly unique and so cool that, that Timothy is being written to by Paul, hey, I need you to be like a soldier, like an athlete, and like a farmer. So we're going to be looking at that today again. And I think, what is Paul trying to tell Timothy? What's he trying to encourage him with? What's he trying to let him know while he's teaching him this? Like, what, what is he trying to get across to him? And so I think our question for this idea, and, and just the, again, the title today is Farmer. All right, come on, it's real, uh, real creative. All right, just Farmer, that's it, all right? So Farmer, like, what in the world does this idea of Farmer have to do with me? All right, and I think about that, and we're going to talk through what that looks like today. I, I, I um, I want us just to know the very first thing I want us to write down that farmers understand. And if you're ready for some notes, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Take some notes because you may not need it today, but you might need it on Wednesday. Come on, somebody, right? So this idea that farmers, guess what they do? They understand hard work. 
Farmers understand hard work. See, I think the Bible has a lot to say about this topic of farmers. And I think this idea that we need to start with is that farmers understand hard work. Then let's take it just a step further. Let's define hard work, all right? Because that's where we're going to kind of spend a majority of our time together today as we talk through this idea of hard work. Hard work is doing what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done. Watch this. For the sake of the future harvest. Right? That's, that's what a, a hard-working farmer is doing. Doing what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done for the sake of a future harvest. And so we're going to kind of break that down over the next few minutes together, if that's all right. We're going to kind of section this thing off and talk through it. And the very first thing I want to spend some time just kind of drilling in on is this idea that hard work is doing what needs to be done. Right? You may not know anything about farming, but here's the deal. Where are my farmers at in the room? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Come on, I, I, we got farmers all over this room, all over the room in the first service. Your boy is a chicken farmer. I want you to understand that. I got 54,000 chickens. Yes, I wear skinny jeans, and yes, I'm a farmer. It's a weird dynamic in my head, too, okay? Just go with me, all right? But I, 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 I've got 54,000 chickens, so anybody that, that doesn't know anything, maybe, maybe you have farmed before, maybe you don't farm but as you think about it, everybody knows that farmers grow crops, farmers raise chickens or cattle or whatever it might be. And there's a lot of work that comes with that, right? There's a lot of work and time and energy and effort that goes into those things. So here's what I know about farmers is farmers are willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Right? That's what a farmer will do. They'll do whatever it takes to get it done. Like, they'll build a fence. You need a fence? I'm going to build a fence, all right? Like, like, you need to plow a field? Let's plow a field. Fix a motor? They'll fix a motor. Plant some seed? They'll plant some seed. Feed some animals? They'll feed some animals. They're willing to do whatever it takes for a harvest that is yet to come. So you know why? This is what I want us to know. The reason why people work, like I believe that farmers work so hard, you know why? Is because their livelihood depends on it. It's because their livelihood depends on it. It's based on what the harvest looks like, right? And they are willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen on the front end so that on the back end there is a reward, right? There's on the back end there is a harvest. Farmers love to work hard and do work hard. So again, you may be asking, okay, I'm not a farmer, Dustin. I didn't raise my hand. What in the world does this have to do with me? How in the world would Timothy be encouraged by this idea of being a farmer and working hard? I think this idea of farmers understand hard work should translate to you and I as Christians. Why? Because I believe that a Christian life should be marked by hard work. All right? Somebody tap your neighbor say, do work. Go ahead, go ahead. Tap your neighbor that you didn't tap and say, I'm sorry I picked you second, but you got to do some work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do work. Like, this is what I want us to understand. Like, like, listen to me. There should be sweat on the brow of a Christian. You know why? Because I believe we're called to work hard. Proverbs tells us this. Hard work always leads to profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Like, we have to be people as Christ followers. If you know Jesus, I believe that we should be people marked by hard work. Now, listen to me. Here's what I want to clarify really quick, because I think so many times we get it mixed up in church, is this idea that we think, okay, i got to work for my salvation then. Okay, i got, I got to be good. i got to do good things. i got to show up to church. i got to do all of these things, and now I'm, I'm working for my salvation. And I want to tell you, that's not what I'm meaning when I say that. We don't work for our salvation. Watch this. We work from our salvation. 
And this idea, the fact that Jesus has saved me, redeemed me, forgave me, changed me, guess what that does? That changes my entire life, and because of, of that, I'm willing to do whatever needs to be done whenever he asks me to do it, right? That's what you and I are challenged with, and we need to be people that do whatever it is that needs to be done. And this is what I know is that in a room full of people like this, I, I wish I could, but I can't sit down with every single one of us and my own life included and us just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about what the hard work of our lives need to look like, right? What's the hard work individually for your life need to look like? But I want to give us some examples or, or just some, uh, I, I would not call them generalities, but just maybe you find yourself in one of these categories that you need to put some hard work in. Hey, there's some work in your life that needs to be going on. And I think the work that somebody that walked in this room that may need to be done today is called the work of salvation. Now you walked in here and you're dead in your sin. You've never been to church or you've been to church your whole life, but you have never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Hear me out when I say this. The work has already been done by Jesus on the cross. Right, The work has already been done. It's already been completed. Jesus, is, he said at the end of, of his life, before he resurrected, what did he say? It is finished. Right, It's done. The work has been done. The sacrifice was done in Jesus. But some of you in the room today have been coming to church or watching online, and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You, you've come to church, or you're, you're a good person, or you're trying to do all of these things. Oh, I, I'm good at this, or I'm, I, I'm good, I'm a good human. And let me encourage you with something. I think the work of salvation needs to be done in your life. That you just need to say, hey, you know what? I am submitting my life to Jesus. You've had friends inviting you to church. You've come to church, but maybe you've been too shy or too timid to make the decision to follow Jesus. And I'm just going to challenge you today. Today, make that decision. And at the end of every service, we always give an invitation for people to Im invite them to, to be able to say, you know what, I want to accept the invitation that Jesus gave me, right? And so that's what we're going to do at the end of service. Maybe that's the work that needs to happen in your life today. Maybe that's the hard work of that. Maybe for some of us, we need to till the ground. And the fact is that, listen, some of you need to ramp up your time that you are spending with God. I'm going to challenge you with this because something is happening every day where you and I are getting beaten up, right? We're getting pounded by life. The enemy's coming after you. His whole goal is to kill, steal, and destroy you. Like, that's what he wants for you. And yet, we don't think that we, what we do and how much time we spend with God is that important. But I want to try and ratchet that up for some of us today. I'm encouraging you, would you do the hard work of tilling the ground in your life? Because what's happening is, is the enemy is choking out the word of God in your life. And you need to do the hard work of tilling the ground and like being good soil for him to plant in. And if you would just choose some growth, I believe on the other side of choosing some growth, that you're going to see some growth happen if you do the hard work of tilling the ground up front. I think that needs to happen for some of us. Some of us, let's just call it what it is. We need to evaluate our life. And come on, we need to pull some weeds out of our life. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all love to pull weeds? Nobody up in this room, right? Nobody. Nobody likes to pull weeds. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable necessarily. Like this is hard. It's hard work. But I'm telling you what is happening in your life from time to time is there are weeds that are growing in there. And if you will not do the hard work of plucking some of those out, eventually they will overtake everything that was good. And in your, think about your flower bed at your house. Next thing you know, if you don't take care of that root, if you don't take care of the actual weed, it's overtaking the plant. It's overtaking the whole thing. And the next thing you know, all you got weeds. Come on, somebody. Right? Anybody ever been there? Same thing happens in your life, and I want to encourage you. Maybe you need to do the hard work of plucking out some friendships that you know are not honoring God. 
Maybe you need to pluck out some of the relationships that you know are not honoring God. I'm not saying be mean. I'm not saying to be, but they can't speak into your life anymore. If they're not the closest people in your life, if they're not the people that you're doing everything with, if they are far from God and running away from God and encouraging you to do so, right? Like maybe you got to just pull some weeds out. You remove the things that's choking out the harvest. Maybe for some of you it's a habit that you got to pull out. You got to you got to do the hard work of confessing and getting in a crew with somebody else and tell them about it. Whatever it might be. Again, maybe for some of us, it's the hard work of not going there anymore. Because I believe that God has called you as a Christ follower to live differently. And if you and I are going to make a difference, we got to live differently. My challenge for us would be let's do some hard work of pulling some weeds and evaluating in our life what needs to be taken out and removing the things that are choking out the harvest that are in our life. And as we remove, I think there's some things we also need to add in. Okay, One of those things would be community. One of those things would be crews. One of those things would be people around you that are pushing you towards Jesus. Never a better time to jump in crews than right now. You can jump in middle of the season, doesn't matter. Wednesday night, listen, be at a crew, jump into a crew. I promise you, if you will commit to it, that what will happen is that, that as you're removing some of those things that you know are not honoring to God, God will begin to deposit some things in you from somebody in your crew, a tough conversation you get to have with them and say, hey, I got something going on on the inside of me. Now, I got to get out. I got to let somebody know about. Would you pray with me? Would you walk alongside of me? And guess what happens? As you do that, watch out because a harvest is coming on the other side of it. But you got to be willing. Well, a lot of us, we want to run from the work. We want to run from the hard work. We want to run from the, the, the challenge of, oh, okay, i got to fit my schedule around something differently, or i got to do something a little different, or i got to be honest, open, and transparent. Like, that's hard to do, but I'm challenging some of us. Would you step into that? Would you commit to that? Would you dig into that? Maybe some of y'all need to go through next, next Sunday, right? And jump on a serve team and listen to me. Let's partner up our lives. Let's partner up our gifts. Let's partner up our abilities, our talents, our treasure. And let's do the hard work of connecting people to Jesus and helping them live on purpose. Because listen to me, as long as there is a coworker of yours, a student in your class, a friend of yours, a gas station attendant, a family member that does not know Jesus, listen to me. We are committed to doing the hard work of whatever it takes for them to know Jesus. Come on, if If you're committed to that, can we give him five seconds of some praise up in this place today? Let's be committed to it. Listen to what Jesus is saying in Matthew 9. The harvest is great, but listen to me. The what are few? The workers. The workers are few. So watch this. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. You know what I'm asking our church today? Let's be a, a church full of farmers that aren't, aren't, aren't afraid of the hard work, that aren't afraid of the dirty jobs, that aren't afraid of the people that may be far from God, that we're willing to go out and reach them no matter what it takes, right? I want to challenge us. Maybe even doing the hard work, not maybe, also doing the hard work of what it looks like to look inward and say, hey, how do I need to change? How do I need to grow? How do God, do you need to shape me? Would we not run from hard work? Would we run to it and say, you know what? Whatever needs to be done like a farmer, I'm willing to do it. Anybody willing to do that today? Come on, say amen. All right, good. Love that. Here we go. Not only do you know what to like, what a farmer need, is going to do whatever needs to be done, here's the thing. They also know when it needs to be done. Right, So not only does a farmer know what and is willing to do whatever needs to be done, not, the, not just the what, they also get the when, right? When it needs to happen. See, farmers have like a certain window of opportunity and time when things have to be done, right? 
They can't put it off till tomorrow or next week what needs to be done. You know why? Because the harvest is at stake. Because on the end of the whole thing, that's, it's, it's kind of hanging in the balance there. They're going to miss the opportunity. And so hard work not only means doing what it takes, but it means doing what it takes when it needs to be done. And this is what I think about. Uh, I think about this idea of farmers as well. And listen, farmers live with a sense of urgency, but they're never in a hurry. Right? I think about a couple of those guys that just raised their hands a second ago. Uh, my, my, my pain brothers. And, and, and listen, I think about some of those guys. Listen, they're never in a hurry but they're living with a sense of urgency. Right? I love that so much about farmers. I can look around, you know, Kelvin Howard, somebody to me that's, that's never in a hurry, but man, he is full of urgency, especially when it comes to the farming world. I think about that, and what that reminds me of is that reminds me of Jesus, right? Because Jesus had a lot to do, but he was never hurried in doing it. It's what I know is he had three years. Come on, somebody, right? He, he was like at 30 is when he started his, his ministry, his public ministry, and he died at 33. He had three years to go out and change the world. How many of y'all know? I'd be like, wow! Make sure y'all was awake right then, just real quick, right? I'd be like, we got to go. I'd be running everywhere. But you know what? Jesus never ran anywhere. He was never in a hurry, but he lived with urgency. I think that's so true for a lot of farmers. They understand the season that they find themselves in. They understand when it needs to be done. And again, farmers understand seasons. In the spring, I need to plow this and I need to plant that. Right? In the summer, I need to spray this. I need to water that. In the fall, I need to harvest this. I need to cut that. I need to fertilize there. In the winter, I need to maintenance this and prepare that for all of that same thing to start over again when spring rolls around the next time. Farmers understand hard work is doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. That reminds me of, a, of a, a, just a, a book in the Bible known as Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, this is what the Bible says. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And so what I want you to begin to ask yourself right now is what is the work that needs to be done and when does it need to be done in your life? And I'm, I'm just kind of encourage you a little bit. I think it's probably now. Yep. All right? I think it's like probably right now. Not just this, in this moment, but now. Like have, have a little bit of urgency with you about, about your life. Have a little bit of urgency. Not hurry, but urgency. See, I think so many times Christians... If you know Jesus, the problem isn't that we don't know what we need to do. The problem is that we think we should wait till tomorrow to do it, right? And then when we get to tomorrow, we're thinking, oh, I'll just wait till tomorrow to do it. And then tomorrow turns into next week and next week to next year and never any growth takes place in your life. And I'm trying to challenge some of us today. Listen, what you're sowing right now is literally what you will reap later. So I'm trying to encourage you in the season that you find yourself in, the things that you're sowing now, you will reap later. And let me just say this, it actually will be in abundance because you always reap more than you sow. You put a seed in the ground and a huge plant comes out of it, right? That seed was small, but you get more than you ever planted. And so I'm going to challenge you to be able, begin to look inward on your life and say, hey, what am I sowing right now? What are the things that I'm sowing? Am I sowing seeds of generosity? Am I sowing seeds of service? Am I sowing seeds of joy? Or am I sowing seeds of division and, and all these other kind of things that wouldn't be honoring to God? I would just encourage you to take an evaluation of your life. And if you're not liking what you're reaping, maybe it's time to check what you're sowing. 
Right? Because what happens is we need to know that when to do the right things and we need to do them, I just believe, with urgency. Like, when do you need to accept Jesus? Now. Right? Today. Right? When, when, when do you need to come to church? You're here. Good job. I love that so much. Today. Right? When do you need to say yes to being in community? I believe today. When do you need to have the right conversation where you're confessing some sin in your life? I believe it's today. Right? I, I tell somebody, when, when's a good time to tell somebody about Jesus? Don't wait till tomorrow. I think it needs to be done today. Somebody say today. Right? Every day we got to be sowing the right seeds to be reaping the right harvest. See, right now in your life, the things that you're sowing may not show up for two, three, four, five, six years. Did you realize that? Because there's some timing in between there. Right? There's, some, there's, some, there's, some faith when it, there's some faith, and we'll talk about that in a second. When a, when a farmer puts a seed in the ground and it's months before they see anything or they get to harvest it, there's going to be some time in there. But I want to challenge you, what are you sowing right now in your life? Because the Bible says that you will reap what you sow. The, the culture and the world calls that karma. I call it sowing and reaping in Bible. Okay, that's what we call it. Okay, look at Galatians, 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 Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Right? And he goes on to say, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Come on, somebody. Listen, you've been planting good things. You've been planting things. You're not seeing a return on them yet. You're not seeing a harvest. Man, you've been praying in those prayers you've been planting in the ground. Man, you've been planting those seeds of righteousness and those seeds of faith. Here's the thing for me. Do not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. You will reap a harvest of blessing if we what don't give up tap your neighbor say don't give up don't give up don't give up listen I promise you that if you put off the hard work and what needs to be done and you start doing the things that you want to do and you start planting seeds of your sinful nature my sinful nature in life all you and I at harvest time are going to have to show for that is destruction and I'm trying to just pastor you today. Listen to me. Some of you right now may be reaping destruction in your life because over the last few years, you've been sowing seeds. And here's the thing. You need to make some tough decisions today to say, you know what? I'm going to work hard. I, there's going to be some hard work that happens. And listen, that in three, four, five months, years, whatever it might be, that I'm going to reap a harvest on the back end of it whenever I begin to say, I know what I'm sowing now, and I'm going to reap that later on. I want to challenge you, you're building the life now that you're going to live in the future. So my question is, what are you sowing now? Let's be a church that's after it. Let's be a church that's looking inward and saying, hey, what am I sowing? What, what am I reaping? How does that evaluate what I'm sowing? I want to challenge us. Not only do farmers know what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, but they know how it needs to be done. Somebody say how. Yeah, so we know when, what, when, and how. I, I, I have a granddaddy that is a, a chicken farmer as well, my uncle as well. And I'm just telling y'all, as a kid growing up around them, I would watch them. Like they could, I would be working on something for like five hours. They would step in the room and it just automatically fixes itself, I swear. I'm like, what in the world happened? I've been working on this thing for hours and in five minutes they can come in and man, they could fix it. They could do whatever it might be. And I think that's the same thing that I want to challenge some of us today 
That these guys that, that, that are farmers, listen, they don't do anything halfway. Why? You know why? It's because then they'll receive half of the harvest. Right? Farmers do whatever it takes, whenever it takes, how it is supposed to be done. And hard work, again, I believe the thing that so many of us are held back by in our life is that we want to do everything halfway. Right? And I'm going to challenge some of us, even with our faith in Jesus, we're half in, we're half out. We're good on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, I need me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to worry about my life. We're, we're good on, on certain times of the year, but man, certain times of the year, I'm going to step out. I'm going to do my own thing. Or, you know, I'm kind of halfway in the church, halfway out of the church. I don't know whether to commit or not to commit. And I'm just going to challenge you. Would you just go all in? Would you just go all in? Would you just jump all in with it? Because, again, I just think so many times what's holding some of us back is that we're doing it halfway. And I believe that we serve a God of excellence, right? And that he did nothing halfway about anything. That doesn't make sense in a sentence, but I'm going to say it anyway, right? He did nothing halfway about anything. Right? He didn't just go halfway to the cross. No, no, no. He didn't just halfway create the earth. No, he created the earth with excellence. Jesus lived an excellent life. He died an excellent death. He had an excellent resurrection. He gave us an excellent helper in his Holy Spirit. And so I believe as Christians, as Christ followers, if you know Jesus, we need to approach it with an attitude, everything that we do with this attitude of excellence. And Colossians 3 tells us this, whatever you do, somebody say whatever. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as if you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know, watch this, why do we work? We're not just working just for work's sake, right? What are we doing? We're working for Jesus. We're doing the hard work of that. You know why? Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the, reward, the Lord as a reward. Listen to me. He's calling you to do some hard work in your life. Hard work of, of reading your Bible, spending time with Him. Listen, if he's again, He is calling you to do that, do it with excellence. Get up early. Spend time with the Lord. Take a moment to where your schedule before it gets crazy that you would say, you know what, I'm committing this time to you, God. If you have a job that you may not particularly like, listen to me. I'm just telling you, whatever you do, work at it as if you're working for the Lord, not for your boss, okay? Because here's what I want to tell you. Do it with excellence. Have a group of friends. Love them really well. Do it with excellence. Have a tough conversation confessing sin. Do that with excellence. If you need to break up with somebody because you know that relationship is not God-honoring, I'm going to encourage you, do it with excellence. See, listen, back to our main scripture that we started with. If it's the hard-working farmer that gets the first share of the crops, then I believe it's the excellent Christian that will have a front-row seat to the miracle that God wants to do in and through them. If you want to see God do incredible things with your life, listen to me. Do what God wants you to do when God wants you to do it, the way that God wants you to do it, and I believe that you're going to start seeing more miracles and harvest around you than you could ever ask, think, or imagine, as he says in, uh, in, in the Bible. I can't think of the verse right off the top of my head, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you believe that, if you believe that as you sow that, as you begin to do that, that God is going to reap a harvest that, that is beyond what you can imagine, can we give him five seconds of some major praise up in this room? I just believe that with all of my heart. I want you to know that Ephesians, like, like this, Ephesians 3.20, is that what it is? Come on, help me out. Ephesians 3.20, Ephesians, I couldn't think of the word right there in the middle of it, that he's able to do immeasurably, exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine.
right? And I'm believing that for you. Purpose Church, listen to me. Let's decide to dig in and do the hard work today. And this is one thing I know about farmers as we're landing the plane today is that farmers understand faith. I have never met a farmer that is a faithless farmer. I've never met a farmer that is a faithless farmer. See, why, why do farmers understand faith? Because farmers work sun up to sundown. They're doing the work. They're plowing the field. They're planting the crops. They're doing everything that it takes to run a farm. They do it year-round. They do it seven days a week for a long time. And what happens if it doesn't rain? Nothing grows if it doesn't rain. Right? Nothing grows if it doesn't rain. And here's I want to challenge some of us in this room today. The farmer believes that the rain is coming. That God is going to send the rain to give the growth that is needed for the harvest. And that's the reason the farmer works hard. Right? It's not just, again, just to be working hard for working hard's sake. Because he knows it's coming. He's going to go out there and she's going to go out there and they're going to work hard because he knows there's a job to do. And when the rain comes and God sends the growth, the farmer will have wanted to have as much done as possible because that means there's an even greater harvest on the back end. What's that mean for us as Christ followers? This is also true for us is that we can work really, really, really hard. But we don't work really, really hard just so we can say, look at us, work really, really hard. No, we have to work really hard because we serve a God who made the entire universe. And we know that the rain is coming. And that the rain is what God uses to send growth. And that person that you think will never know Jesus, listen to me, do the hard work and wait for God to send the rain. Have faith that it is coming. That the best is still ahead that that sin that's in your life that nobody else knows about and you'll never be able to overcome it is the thoughts that are going on in your mind maybe the hard work today is confessing that to somebody and having the faith that the rain is coming and that God will deliver you from that maybe God is calling you to do something really really scary in your life the hard work is leaning not on your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledging him and he will make your path straight. Listen to me, y'all. The reason you work hard is not just to work hard, but to work hard because you're working with a purpose in mind. That there is an end goal. And you know that there's never going to be a day that if you will work hard, do the hard work of what God is calling you to do, that nothing is wasted. I want you to see that in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, listen to me. Be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable, always working enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Listen to me. Let's be a little, I want to look across this room and see a whole bunch of farmers in this place that are not willing, that are not scared of the hard work, but that are full of faith. You know what? That faith is going to be the reaction of Purpose Church. That we're going to be a church that moves in faith. That we're going to take steps where it may not seem possible to man, but we serve the God of the impossible. That we're going to look at a situation and say, oh, man, I know what the diagnosis says, but we serve the God that can heal anything in a moment. And we're going to be people of faith. And I don't know what you've been waiting on, I don't know what the season looks like for where you feel like you've been planting and planting and planting, but there's no harvest that's happened. I just want to tell you, don't get tired of doing good. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. 
So here's what I'm going to ask everybody. If there's some people in this room, they're going to say, hey, I don't want to give up. I'm not going to give up. Would you, Everybody across this room, would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet? There's a song that we're about to sing in just a second. It's called There's a Cloud. Here's the deal. We're going to sing about the fact that maybe the rain hasn't came yet. Maybe you haven't seen that miracle happen yet. Maybe you haven't walked into that, that, that diagnosis and it hasn't changed yet. Well, we're going to be people of faith today. Like a bunch of farmers in Purpose Church. And say, you know what? I'm going to believe in faith that God can, that God will, and that God is. That He is sending the rain. That He is going to have the harvest. And I will see that if I don't give up. And so in just a second... I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to begin to pray, but here's my heart for you. We've got crew leaders that are going to be up here on either side of this stage. In just a second, I'm going to be up here. Our staff is going to be up here. Listen to me. If you need prayer of any kind, I'm talking about something you're struggling with, something you had a, di- a diagnosis in your family, and you're waiting on the rain to come. Listen, we would love to be able to pray with you. I'm going to challenge you. If you came in this room with something, God has already, you already know what it is. I would just encourage you, would you step out of your seat and would you let us pray with you? Pair our faith with yours. Come on. It's, it, there's something about it when we say, hey, listen, I, I need some prayer. I need somebody to, to, to just come alongside of me. I'm going to invite you. The lights are going to go down. The team is going to begin to worship and lead us in that. And I'm going to invite you out of your seat. And let's do some business with God. Let's do some hard work with God today. All right, come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we honor you. We love you. We're so thankful for what you've done. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you've given your life for us, Jesus. And we're willing today to do the hard work of what you're calling us to. And God, I know you're about to to do something in this room, I feel like, where people are going to experience freedom. They're going to experience release from what they walked in this place with. God, I pray that we would be a people that would move, that we would move with faith, that we would move believing that, Jesus, you can do the impossible. So as we worship today, Jesus, we love you, we honor you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, come on, let's worship. Well, right where you are, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room? Maybe you feel like you couldn't respond in that moment just because maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Maybe you've never asked him, done the work of asking him to save you. Again, the work has already been done, what he's already done on the cross. He's already given his life. He's already was punished and beaten and broken and bruised for you and for me. And I just, maybe you've never come to that point where you said, you know what? I need that. And I want you to, under, I want you to understand that all of us have found ourselves in that position. The Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all done things wrong. We're born in this world that way. And I just want you to know that I love Jesus so much that even while I was still sinning, the Bible says that Christ died for you and for me. Even when we wanted nothing to do with Him, even we wanted everything to do our own, our own way, there was a God that loved us enough not to leave us where we were, not to say, figure it out, do your own thing. We serve a God that sent His Son, Jesus. And you probably wonder, why in the world did Jesus have to die? Like, why would He have to do that? Well, here's the reason why. It's because if you and I, if that sin that's there that has separated us from God, if something's not done about that, We spend eternity apart from God. He can't even be in the presence of it because he's so holy. This is how incredible God is. And so Jesus himself said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and make a payment for that. It's like you go to the grocery store and you get some groceries and you you pay with a card or, or with cash or whatever it might be. That's the exact same thing that happened with our sin. 
the fact is, is that we had sin in our life and Jesus was willing to say, hey, you know what? I don't want them to pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'll go to the cross. I'll die in their spot. I'm the only one that could, and I'll be willing to do it. That's the love, and that's the invitation that you and I have from the God that we serve, that, that you have the ability to, to be invited into the family. And I just want to give you that opportunity today. The Bible tells us that, listen, if we will acknowledge God, if we will confess Him, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, Jesus was buried, He was got out of the grave. If you, if you will confess that and believe that in your heart, then you will be saved. And here's what I want to do. I just want to take just a time of confession right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, you're not going to have to say this out loud, but if you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you say something like this? doesn't have to be word for word, but I'm going to lead you through a little something that maybe it'll help you with the words, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Would you say something like this? Dear Jesus, listen, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I've made some really bad decisions, the sin that's in my life. I, I, I give it to you, and I ask you to forgive me of it, and I ask you to come in my life, and I ask you to save me. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. And I want you to be the person that leads me every day for the rest of my life. Put my full weight down. I'm all in, Jesus, with you. I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. Maybe that's you. Maybe you prayed that. Maybe you're watching online. You prayed that something like that. Everybody, if you have heads bowed, eyes closed, if you don't mind, just for a second. A few more seconds. Maybe that's you. First of all, I just want to tell you, you just made the best decision that you've ever made in your life, right? The best decision that you've ever made of saying yes to a relationship with Jesus, that, that, that you walked in these doors dead in your sin, but praise God for Jesus, that alive in Christ is what you walk out as, as a, as a follower of Jesus, as a son, as a daughter. We just want to be a church that celebrates that because, again, celebration is our response. It's something we're going to be excited about, and we want to do whatever we can to help that excitement be in your life. And we want to pair you up with some people that love you, want to follow up with you, want to help however we can answer any questions. So listen to me. If you just pray to receive Jesus, I'm going to encourage you. Would you tell somebody? Right when something exciting happens in your life, you don't keep it to yourself. You tell everybody you know. And I'm going to encourage you today to do that. And we would love to know that you made that decision. If you did, if you didn't make that decision, all you got to do is just two ways you can let us know. One of two ways. Text PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Or after the service, and we dismiss in just a few seconds. We have an incredible team down here uh, on either side of the platform, either side of the altar area. And man, you could go down here and you can let them know, hey, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. We got Bible for you. We got a new believer's God for you, answering questions that you might have. We want to high five you. We want to tell you so proud of you. Cannot wait to walk through um, this next season with you. These are incredible crew leaders that are down here. Would love to just know you, love to get to know you. And uh, just get to know your story and be celebrating the fact that you have a, this new relationship with Jesus. So why don't we do this, church? Can we lift our heads and can we put our hands together and thank God for salvation happening in this place today? Come on, if that's you, come on, let's give Jesus a big ovation. I love that. I love that so much. I love it. Man, I'm so glad you're here. Next week, we're going to continue our, our Soldier Athlete Farmer series. We'll finish it up. But two more things I'm going to tell you about. Don't forget, next is next Sunday after the service. 
And then just a reminder of legacy offering coming up this season of, of giving generosity that we're going to be a part of November the 20th. Just again, putting that on your radar. Man, I love you guys so much. Let me pray for you, and I hope you have the best week of your life. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. God, we honor you. We love you. Thank you for everything you've done. God, I pray that today that you would bless my friends, that you keep them, that you turn your face towards them, that you shine your favor upon them, and that this week, no matter what situation they walk into, that their foundation is built on you, and that you will be their peace, and you will give them peace. In Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.